Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yes, we are back. Welcome to another Tuesday Night Jaw Roundtable on the Distraction Pieces Network. I am your host, Jim Smallman. I have some guests in this front room in Manchester. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I need to do some plugs first. First of all, listen to everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because it's all dead good. All of it. It's really good. Often a lot better than this podcast. So listen to everything on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's all gravy, as I believe the children are saying. Um, I've got some plugs. Uh, Progresswrestling.com. Maybe come to Super Strong Style 16 this weekend if you fancy it. Because um, we're in a massive venue, Alexandra Palace. We'll have twice as many people in the audience as we've ever had for a Super Strong Style 16 before, which is great. Um, but it's a big venue, so there's still tickets available. Progresswrestling.com for this Saturday, Sunday, and Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, quite a lot of good wrestling. We've announced the first round draw now, which is all very exciting. And there's some cool non-tournament matches like Travis Banks defending the Progress Wrestling Championship against Volta um, on day two. Uh, and loads of great stuff. I know what we've got planned for the three days and it's all great. And there's entertainment after the Saturday and Sunday shows as well, including a gig from Mark Andrews Band Jr. on the Sunday. So basically, it's an exciting weekend. Come to that. Or come to Victoria Warehouse in Manchester on May the 20th. Or come to Wembley Arena on September the 30th. Progresswrestling.com for tickets and merchandise. Demand-progress.com for all of our shows, including our two New Orleans shows. Yeah, we know there's no commentary on them. We broke the commentary. Um, uh, And soon our visits to Australia will be up. And uh, Travis Banks' title defence in New Zealand uh, is up as well, which was basically in the South Pole in McCargill. is very, very South New Zealand. Um, Um, What you need is an old Penguin Lumberjack match. I mean, there was a possibility to do that. That would have been amazing. When I realised we were only, we were less than 3,000 miles away from the actual <laughs> South Pole, I realised how far away I was from home. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, you should have booked AJ Styles and just, you know, taken him to the edge. Get out. Um, my other plug is this. I've got a book coming out. I announced it today. It's already in the top 100 on Amazon, which is mental. Um, it's the number one book in wrestling at the minute on Amazon. That's mental. It's the number one mover and shaker, as I say this. That's basically the most new sales in a day. Um, thanks to you lot, mainly. Um, look, I've got to do this. If it sells well, I can afford to feed my children, okay? I've wrote... I, look, mm. you, can do, you can abuse me all you want. You two fuckers help with it. 
It's not a Do you know? No, are we I mean... are we accredited to this? Yes, both Shit. of you. <laughs> Damn, we're accountable. <laughs> Especially well, Christopher. Christopher's mentioned a few times, and then you both mentioned in my thanks at the start. I'm of the book. responsible for all of this mess in oh, some way. Yeah, bollocks. I actually use the words. It's Chris Brooker's fault. Do you know what? I, I was looking forward to showing this book to my parents, and now I know they'll identify with it even more. So <laughs> it works out quite nicely. It, it's basically like me handing them my school report. Because you know, I've just gone with the classic, he's clever, but he never applies himself. Yeah, which was every school report ever. Yeah. Um, or, he's not here. We think he's on drugs. Um, so that was but in fairness, you're winning on aggregate now. I am. Because none, none, um, none of those guys who weren't on drugs have got books out, have they? I mean... I mean, some of them probably have got better books out because they are on drugs. It's like, all good music... I mean, I'm straight edge, but all good music is written by people on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Was Phil Collins on drugs? Yeah. Yeah, no, tons no, of coke, It was the 1980s. Oh, yeah, that's true enough. <laughs> anyway, um, my book is called I'm Sorry I Love You, A History of Professional Wrestling. As I pointed out to someone earlier on, it's a history of professional wrestling, not the history of professional wrestling. Therefore, it's a fun book. Aimed at fun, rather than a strict textbook where I detail every match result in the history of time. I've not done that. I've written 120,000 words about something I really like, so maybe buy it. Um, It'd be mad, because pre-orders all count towards the first week of sales. And if I get... They've told me a mythical figure that I need to try and get at to get in the top ten. And If somehow a, a book about professional wrestling that's not written by a wrestler gets in the top 10 non-fiction bestsellers, not only will I be a best-selling author, which is mental, and something every teacher told me I would never achieve at school and university. How um, do you know you were never there? <laughs> but also, it's it's mad that Headline, who are my publishers, are a proper, massive, really big publishing house. And the fact that they are publishing a book about professional wrestling in a really positive way. Because it's, it's dead positive, like this podcast. So the fact they're publishing a book about wrestling is really, really cool. And wrestling in 2018, etc. So get behind it and buy it. And if we get in the top 10, um, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you all a cream puff. I don't know if you can buy them. Yeah, you can. But why? You, you're just rubbing it in Matt's face now, aren't you? Why? I mean, that's the reason why... Oh, cream of oh, gluten pastry, isn't it? Oh, sorry, mate. I mean, I can't have one because dairy. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So, but the advantage being that if you do crack the top ten non-fiction bestsellers, you might knock Jamie Oliver out of the top ten. Oh, now I'll buy it. Um, also, the coolest thing that happened to me today was Waterstones Birmingham, who have their own Twitter. <laughs> saw this. Yeah, yeah. Tweeting me going, "Are you doing a book sign?" And I'm like, "I've just announced it." I mean, I mean, I have to do PR around the time the book comes out, which is August the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, either before or after it comes out, they've not worked out when I'm doing it yet. So there probably will be a book tour. and Because I, I wrote a stand-up show in February that was all right. I might end up doing a stand-up tour off of it. I don't know yet. I'm just happy that people seem universally really chuffed for me writing a book. Like, I know you're not because you're a prick, Matthew. Right? <laughs> but everyone else, but everyone else seems really, really, really pleased. Um, and that is genuinely humbling. I've spent all of today smiling at people's nice messages that they've sent me. So thanks. I'm really grateful. Um, if you choose to buy the book, brilliant. If you just choose to tell people about the book, that's great too. Thanks And very you can much. pirate Kindle. Can't, you can't you? fuck off. You can't, can't pirate you Kindle. Can. Got to be a I'll, uh, I'll tweet out a torrent link. Don't yeah, worry. Sweet. I've got, you. I've got a rough draft anyway. I'll hook you up. If anyone wants a PDF, yeah. just uh, sign into my DMs. Yeah, you've got it. I hate you both at this point. <laughs> I had to tell him to 
spell Fit Finley correctly twice. There you go. That's Welcome, what, Dave. That's behind the curtain, isn't it? <laughs> I had to remind you. That was that. your own, and that's the best bit. The only feedback of the section I gave you was your feedback was it's dead good. You've spelled Finley wrong twice. Yeah, that was your much. feedback. Yeah, thanks. So stop, you... stop it, Rooney illusion. I'm not supportive. <laughs> oh, oh, are you in? Are you in character now as podcast Matthew? Yeah, You're such a prick. Yeah. Right. Lads, if you've not guessed already, it's the usual Manchester crew because we've not done a roundtable in ages. This roundtable is going to be slightly different because we never got to do a Manchester, uh, a Manchester, a WrestleMania roundtable. Despite the fact that Christopher was sat near me at WrestleMania, we've not got chance because I've been away for ages. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff from the last month. But instead of trying to talk about everything in this podcast being nine hours long, I've come up with ten little subjects that we're going to talk about in this roundtable. So it might be the new format of roundtable we do going forward. I don't know, because time is of a premium for everybody these days, um, including you, dear listener. Um, So we're going to do that. If you haven't guessed, it's the usual two who normally do these with us. Now, we sat in Chris's front room, and he's lit a candle, which Mm. is is very seductive. So, guest number one, Christopher Francesca Brooker. Um, And it's soft cotton. It is soft cotton. It's got a nice... It's got the... the it's Yankee scent. candle as well. You've not yeah. had a knock-off Tesco yeah. one. No. It's a fucking big it's, jar. It's, it's a 17 quid. It's pleasant without being evasive. It's not... That I'm evasive. Evasive. <laughs> it's God. pleasant without being... Yeah. Ev- the, the smell's fucked off out sorry, the door. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> candle, I forgot. Chase the candle. I forgot I was talking about a candle to so start talking that, about my ex-girlfriend. Uh, then, is, that, is that a new drug reference? What are you doing tonight? I'm off to chase the candle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, Hi. Hi. Yeah, I, uh, yeah it's it's <laughs> that's going on the Amazon review, you know. It's pleasant, a full um, not evasive. It's a full uh, it's a full seventeen quid jar. Yeah, I get it from Asda. It's a bit less. See, I know this because my wife has filled my house full of candles. Well, that's because that's what happens when you do. get married. Wives do candles, candles and cushions, candles and children. Hey, we're going down there. Uh, we're going down <laughs> the stereotypical. This is the difference between men and women stand-up route now. Fucking, um, she just buys cushions. <laughs> It's true though. I mean, it is true. We're not, we're I've not, got a load of cushions. It's not a revelation, but it's true. Oh dear. The, the, the only reason there's tea so lights. Many... I've got fucking millions of them. Neither of us care. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, you you went off and found yourself a pin up to marry. So frankly, it's on you. Go fuck yourself. Oh God. And he bred and made a beautiful child. He's all right. <laughs> he says car too much. Roughly seventeen thousand. Like doesn't a raven. Know van. Like so, you'll be walking down the road, <laughs> and the van will go past. He'll go car, and I'll be like, "That's very clever, son." But it's clearly a van. Car. What? That's a pickup truck. You should enjoy this intellectual superiority while it lasts. <laughs> He's getting smarter. You're getting stupider. We Man, all are. Brain cells are dying. Be dead soon. I'm nearly forty. Right. Right. At least you've got a book. I have. I've Did got a book. It? Eighteen pounds ninety nine in hardback. What the um, fuck? Seriously? In hardback. Is that how much? Hardback, you got? Yeah. When's, when's paperback out? Paperback six months after hardback. How yeah. much is that? Uh, I don't know. Probably a tenner. Mm. I, I know that because I want to buy a football book. Because I'm going through that. I, I think I've still got a. a, a <laughs> That's how tight you are. <laughs> you yeah. Got, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I, want, I mean, out. I want to read it, but not that much. <laughs> Do you know what? I might just go back and read that word file I got sent properly. Yeah, that exactly. might be a bit. It's changed word. now. Yeah, uh, I'll get the idea. Um, anyway, Chris, <laughs> I've plugged my book, Chris. What would you like to plug? He said, knowing what he wants to plug, <laughs> and the fact that he asked me to do plugs at the start so people listen to them. 
Well, they stopped listening. I think they fast-forwarded. They've to the stopped now, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I can um, the metrics. It drops off the first five minutes. They go, who's on? Oh, Matt's on. Stop, stop listening. Pretty much. I thought that'd pick up, because everyone feels better about themselves when they listen to Matthew yeah. Taylor Richards. That's my phone going up. I'm sorry. Oh, for the love of God! That's my brother. Um, he can wait. Yeah. Sorry, Kev. Some professionalism. Mm. My phone's going to read in five minutes, though, is it? Yeah, yeah of course. My phone's got. I've got. I've got the the noise on my phone, so <laughs> it's noisy. Because it used to be a radio presenter, I'm so used to my phone being on silent, and from being a comedian, yeah. just having my phone on silent yeah, all yeah, the time. I've had the noises on my phone for the last week, and it's quite it's quite liberating actually knowing when people want to speak to me. No. Yeah. no. Anyway, we've got a plug, Chris. Plug, plugs right. Chris. So, um. Uh, on May 13th, uh, Future Shot Wrestling is bringing Sexy back. And by yeah. sexy, I mean wrestling. Yeah. And by back, I mean back to Would you say Stockport. those other motherfuckers don't... I don't know what the lyric is. <laughs> I don't know. don't know how to act. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is not really in keeping with line in our company's values, is it? No. All this, this no, talk. No. Remind me but, a minute to tell my Usher joke. Carry on. Oh, good. Um, it's all about him, innit? Absolutely. Hey. Is that... so it's Jim Smallman's Tuesday Night Jaw, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm sat here with sunglasses on now because I'm an author. Oh, the future's bright. <laughs> anyway, sorry. May 13th, yes. Future Shock Wrestling. We are taking pro wrestling to Stockport Town Hall for the first time in a generation. Yeah. For 20 years. In fact, morbid trivia buff fans, uh, the last show there was the one that Yokozuna should have been on but wasn't. When he died because yeah. he had a heart attack because he saw a spider in a travel lodge. That's right. I'm not making that up. That is legit how Yokozuna died, wasn't it? Yeah, he travel lodge he, in Liverpool. Travel lodge in Liverpool, saw a spider, had a heart attack, died. What a way to go. Banzai! <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, what we have um, for your delectation is a family-friendly night of action and excitement. We are family-friendly without being shit. We are the end... <laughs> Swore in a plug about being family friendly. It's knowing your audience. Please know my audience. Flyers. Hand those on flyers. Family friendly, but we're not shit. We're not shit. I promise you, it's all right. There's something for everyone. No, but people do. They, they a blue foot dance. Especially, what's interesting, we've had people say when they've come and seen one of our events, they've gone, you know what? I didn't realise. There was no point where I thought this needs more swearing or anything. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just, you know, people are realising that you don't necessarily just have to go to an 18 plus show to see good wrestling and have a good time. Um, and we have what I think will quietly be one of the best wrestling cards you'll see anywhere in the country. We have our uh, championship match, which is Cyanide. Uh, £500 of him. Yeah. I might as well say 500 Fuck it, we'll round up. Um, taking on Ashton Smith. Um, sometimes we're running through everyone. Uh, we've got uh, Wolfgang, our adrenaline champion, defending against hometown uh, Joey Hayes, yeah. local lad. Uh, we have a grudge match that's been six, to, what, six, seven, eight months in the making. Sam Bailey, Sonna Durson finally gets his hands on him. That's going to be tremendous. Uh, we have what I think could be a sleeper hit, which is Tag Team Championship, which is the Sexy Gents, uh, John McGregor and Kevin Lloyd, against Tyson T-Bone and Chris Ridgway. And if that isn't a team that intrigues people, I don't know what we need to put together. Um, Viper, 
and Lee Owens and Lana Austin versus the Queen Bees, Molly Spartan, Casey Owens, and Jayla Dark. Um, and probably more that I've forgotten. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be out this world, so come and be part of it. Uh, it's May 13th, FutureShockWrestling.com. When I'm not mocking my two friends, um, uh, I went to a Future Shock show. I forget when the show was, what I went to. It was in the winter because it was, it was very cold. Um, and I had a great time. Like, mm-hmm. genuinely. I, I can sometimes get quite wrestled out mm-hmm. because this is my job now. And um, especially when you're aware that I have um, spent ages <laughs> writing about wrestling for the last six months, I am some days absolutely sick of it. Um, and I went to that show when I was in the middle of writing the book and I was a bit tired and I went on a show and I had an absolutely great time. Genuinely great time. And the fact that you're doing Stockport Town Hall is great for uh, for how Future Shock's doing and I heartily recommend it. I tell anyone who I know who lives up here in the northwest who's got kids to go along and support it um, and it's brilliant. So genuinely, don't just take Chris's word for it because Chris is a guest on this podcast on a, a very common basis. I think Future Shock are great. Go and support it. Support shows like that. Shows, shows like that on May the 13th being in a place like Stockport Town Hall is it, uh, brilliant. So, you know, if you want to get behind British wrestling, go to that show. All right? Good. Matthew. Matthew Taylor Richards um, uh, is the other guest. Uh, hipster who supports Leon Carney Bread. That's pretty much the headlines. Um, looks like Morrissey more than ever today. Uh, picked him up from Salford Lads Club earlier on. Uh, I didn't. Why do you sound like Alan Partridge? I've gone from Sulfur Lodge Club before. Um, I, um, he's got a book out. He's going mainstream. I know he is, isn't he? Proper mainstream. Um, I've been dying to go mainstream for ages. That's um, <laughs> where the money is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Join us after the break as we find out how to milk a nut. Carl <laughs> Donnelly is a brilliant stand up comedian. He's a <laughs> vegan. Once said to me, like, we're backstage and he was talking about being a vegan. I went, it must be difficult. It was before I was even a vegetarian. I said, it must be difficult being a vegan. He went, ah, not really. I'm, I make my own nut milk now. And I went, don't we all, Cole? And walked off. I was so happy. Now I drink the stuff. So, now you're eating all them poor soy babies, you murderer. You soy murderer. I deliberately want genetically advanced soy as well. <laughs> I want my soy to have eight arms. What? AstroTurf, so you can. Do you need to plug anything, Matt, before we get into doing a uh, I don't need to plug anything. Um, I mean. Good. I mean, I can. Do you want to defend Morrissey at any point? Today? Absolutely not. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, well done. He's a good. piece of shit that just happened to be in a really good band. That's it. And has one really good solo record. Ooh, see, I don't, I don't even like his solo stuff. I like one That's of just... his. Um, Last of the Famous International Playboys is a very good solo Morrissey song. Tweeters, your favourite solo Morrissey song before he became a massive prick at Jim Smallman. Hashtag Tuesday Night Job. That's not the hashtag game. I don't need to plug anything, but I have got something coming up in a couple of weeks which I'm genuinely looking forward to for like on like a couple of levels. So on the like 17th, 18th and 19th, I'm doing an evening with Ted DiBiase for Kayfabe events. Oh yeah. But this is the lineup for the show. So it's me doing the, the, the sort of evening with bit yeah. with Ted DiBiase. Hosting the Q&A, Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> also in attendance, Jack Sexsmith. It's like, it's like uh, they've not thought it through. Um, <laughs> three days in Newcastle, Glasgow and Manchester. It's going to be, I'm genuinely thinking about making like a mini documentary, like fly on the wall 
amazing. That's the best road trip ever. Isn't it? I'm so, so pumped. So pumped. Um, Cannot God. wait. Ted DiBiase now looks yeah. like my dad looked 20 years ago, despite the fact that Ted DiBiase is older than my dad. It's weird. Like, I'll let him know. He's let him know. Um, he's a nice man. Dad. Met him briefly at Access. Very nice man. Looking forward to it. Um, That's going to be wild. Good. <laughs> um, we, Christopher came up with the hashtag game for this. So go on, Chris. Tell us. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, I thought I'd just go with takeaways. Only because I had just eat open at that point. Yeah. So I'll start off. NXT, take away Brooklyn. It's not bad. Trent, number seven with rice and chips. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Um, machine. Oh! Oh! Kadoosh! Thank you. Kadoosh. I, no. Damn you, NXT branding, for making that slightly less relevant than it was a month ago. Shishuke Nakamura. Oh, oh, oh. oh that hurt. <laughs> oh. Lord, yeah, that. That's that's the thing. We'll come back to them. Any takeaway slash wrestler related puns? Hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Right, let's go through our ten subjects. Don't want to keep you. We're gonna try and keep this under two hours. Let's see. So Calzone Val. Oh, that's good. That's good, isn't it? I think essentially we're just going through what I would order so far. Temptation to open Just Eat is quite um, quite high. It's an everyday <laughs> temptation. Um, MSG. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, sir. It's I'm, simple, but it's effective. I'm, I'm really. I'm, I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm laughing that that's what my brain went. Yeah, that'll be good to say that on a massive podcast. Why not? You said worse. Um, I mean, right. we, we've gone mainstream. We can coast now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Point number 10. So we just got, I've come up with 10 big headlines. Yeah. We'll probably go off on tangents. 10 big headlines over the course. Have we become Watch Mojo? Yes, we have. That's what we are oh, now. Man. And we're going to talk we are about. properly mainstream. And we're going to do a side podcast where we talk about the philosophy of of takeaways. <laughs> yes. Um, That's so what everyone else is doing. 10, 10 big headlines, or big takeaways, if you like. Of the last month, because. It's far too difficult for us to talk about everything that's happened in the last month because mm-hmm. there's been two big pay-per-views. Well, you can't take over. Three big pay-per-views plus loads of other mad shit. So, you don't even know where you are. No, I, I still my body still does not know where it is. So And won't because it's apparently every hour time difference takes a day to get over. So the maximum time difference... 24 days. The maximum time difference I had was 16 hours. So, yeah. It's got an hard life. I'm going to die. Could at least have brought a penguin back for us. Point number 10. Bam. We're going to discuss first. A child wins a tag team title. Now, uh, I was in the arena when this happened, um, and uh, and people are going to go, yeah, but you're too positive about WWE. No, I know I'm positive about WWE. Um, I can't like wrestling. I don't see the point of being negative. I um, genuinely pop for it happening yeah. because I understood why they did it. The only thing I didn't like about uh, Nicholas winning the title was... The fact that it took Braun ages to find him. <laughs> and it involved him walking past a lot of wrestlers, mm-hmm. <laughs> including oh, yeah. Johnny Moss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for a very long a, period of time. It felt like he was walking for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it, was, it was a moment, again, people forget. So TakeOver, TakeOver's for us. I say that to us three in the room and to you, dear listener. TakeOver's the show for us. 
WrestleMania is also a show for us, but it's for people who only watch wrestling once a year. Mm-hmm. So it has to have that occasionally. It's crazy the Eurovision Song Contest of professional wrestling. No, because no, it's good. Well, you know, <laughs> but but you know, if you're comparing it to the fact that people don't generally spend the rest of the year watching Europop. No, you're or right. watching watching someone from Bulgaria, you know, discover oh. which end of the keyboard to blow into. Imagine, imagine Terry Wogan on commentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be uh, glorious. Oh, someone, go. someone, Just... get some Eurovision Song Contest Terry Wogan commentary and overdub it over some wrestling. Yeah, please, look at these please. fuckers on a bridge, just <laughs> fishing away. Um, so, <laughs> so I was in the I was. And, and there's going to be a guy I'm going to mention when we talk about WrestleMania a lot. And it's not someone who competed in ring. It's a man who was sat three rows behind me and about five seats to the left, who is the biggest dick I have ever met at professional wrestling, ever. Um, at one point, we turned around and told him to shut up during the main event, but we'll get, we'll get around to that in a bit. Um, basically, he was the smarkest of smarky fans in that I don't think he necessarily always understood why he was booing things. But that's what he felt he had to do, so he was choosing to boo it. Most people around me, when that happened, thought it was a bit of fun, which is what it was meant to be. It wasn't meant to be too, super overly serious or anything like that. It was meant to be a bit of fun. Um, the way they abandoned the title on Raw the next night was genuinely hilarious. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was really funny. And it's made Braun a more rounded character rather than a man who commits attempted murder with ambulances. Well, people say that... that... Pro wrestling isn't realistic enough, but what's more realistic than saying no? Stay in school. Yeah, yeah, precisely. It's so what you're saying Braun Strowman is the kind of like '80s cliche, like "Hey kids, He's a Braun Strowman is the Green Cross Code Man." Wow. Only me and Chris are old enough to know. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Uh, I got it. No, no, Matt's seen cave paintings in uh, Wales. To be, to be fair, did he call the ball Rocco the Green Cross Code Man for a bit? It was something, he's think. done some, He's done like an infomercial. Or sure, all the ball Rocco did something Ooh. like that. It might have been Bob Carroll, Jesus, the same man. Nearly made Chris finish drink out, I'm so proud. <laughs> No, I, I think I, I think we had Super Ted by the time I was in school. But I do, I do remember it. Right, go and do this now. Super Ted had the most over-the-top, yeah. full-on disco number theme tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it overly produced. The whole produced, show is mental. Like, it, like, it's, it's absolutely banging the theme tune to Super Ted. I, and also, like, the fact that he takes his own skin off to reveal his costume. Always, like, even as a child, I was like, all right. And you ever once like took one too many layers off and just there with his skeleton <laughs> yeah, like, shrieking <laughs> oh no it's happened again um, so I, I got someone to, in, the, in the flat horse having sex violently I, I don't know no um, I believe whoever it is has lost both their feet and simply runs around on their ankle stumps yeah clearly um, so I, I watched Wrestlemania uh, that's, that is very visual um, so I watched Wrestlemania because I did the Attack Pro show in uh in, in Cardiff, so I got to watch WrestleMania with all, all the. There's no promotion in this country, Matthew, you don't work for now. <laughs> You're telling me. You're telling me. Um, one of the perks are going mainstream. So, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It's that mention in the book. <laughs> I'm going to be doing everywhere. Um, but, yeah, so I was watching it with like all the, all the guys and girls from Attack, mainly Chris Ridgway, uh, and, and the, the, the fun that we both had was immense. But allegedly, now I'm pretty sure this happened. 
Chuck Mambo was there being delightful and just a ray of sunshine. And we sat next to us for a while and we were laughing. But apparently Chuck fell asleep at some point and woke up to see Braun Strowman and a child leaving <laughs> the tag team titles. And it took him a long time to like process and comprehend while everyone was kind of like, he's like, what happened? And we're kind of like, well, it's exactly what it looks like. A child just won the tag team titles with Braun Strowman. So. What it's done as well is, we've talked about this on a podcast before, about a, an action in a match resetting people's expectations. Okay. So one of the biggest problems as a wrestling promoter is if ever you have a mystery person in a match, mm-hmm. is that people instantly expect the absolute world. Now, I expected from this match, and I'll put it out there right now, I kept nudging John and Glenn going, Rey Mysterio's music's going to play in a minute. Mm. Rey Mysterio's coming out in a minute, and I'm going to lose my mind because I love Rey Mysterio. This is going to be brilliant. It's going to reset that time he got booed in the Royal Rumble by how big this pop's going to be. It's going to be like when the Hardys came back last year. It's going to be mental. And then it didn't happen, and he chose a child. And, and I'll how do you know it wasn't Rey without you. the mask? <laughs> he wasn't tall enough. Um, so I have every wrestler's height memorised that's the research for the book <laughs> it's just a list of names ordered in, in height order um, Raja Lyons top um, he's not so so yeah so it's reset people's expectations because whenever it's a mystery partner or a mystery opponent or whatever people expect the absolute world and what it's done it's like when when Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in 90 seconds it made everyone go oh it's a fight Someone can just be beaten dead, dead simply. Whereas now it's made people go. It's like the old carny days of like picking a ringer from a crowd, but the absolute opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> We've picked a referee's son. Yes. Um, uh, so now, it, no. this this then leads on to a, a, a bit of a moment later on. So I was I was sort of in the hotel mm. where WWE were staying, basically creeping, trying to find autographs. You know yeah. the usual thing that I do. And people are more successful than me. That's why I'm on this podcast. But Yeah, Matt is pretty successful. He does all those promotions. Mainstream. Yeah, mainstream. I might just call this podcast Going Mainstream this episode. Yeah. Going Mainstream Roundtable. <laughs> and and it, it's interesting. If you've, if you've ever been around, I, I love people watching. Mm. And being in the hotel where WWE is staying is a fascinating thing to do. Not so much to, to look for wrestlers, but to look at people looking at wrestlers. Yeah. To watch people around them. Um, and it was and after the Hall of Fame, because Billy Kirkwood and I were there, we both we both made a bit of effort. We both sort of dressed up quite smartly. You could see people kind of giving us a quick once over, trying to figure out A, who we were, and B, if we were important. And the answer was no one and no. Yeah. Um, but th- there was a sudden commotion. And I wasn't kind of expecting it. And, and clearly, someone had arrived. Mm. And I wandered around the corner. It was Nicholas. Yeah. People were going batshit for him. And a you know. Good for him. Yeah. He was swarmed with cocaine and hookers and <laughs> debauchery. Well, the, the best bit is, is Nicholas, Nicholas's going rate on the indies now is high. Oh, yeah. Um, I bet, yeah. So, um, the amount of people who've suggested that um, the progress book Nicholas is quite, is quite a few. Thanks. If you've tweeted me that, maybe stop now. Some um, child labour laws come into it, though. So, um, yeah, I find the whole the whole thing was it was fun. Wrestling's meant to be fun. So the thing for me was my friend's wife, who um, likes the occasional bit of wrestling, mm. was like 
when I saw her, because she, she ended up working an event with, with her husband that was like in a wrestling event, and she was so positive and bubbly and excited by it. She was like, oh, wasn't this really good fun and whatever. And I was like, well, there you go. That was That's it. the thing. You're yeah. meant to... You're meant... WrestleMania is a pop culture phenomenon. I know that's the phrase they use on the telly, mm. but it is. You are meant to reel in other people. That's the why they have celebrities showcase on. Showcase the immortals. Yeah. You're meant, to, you're meant to make other people who brand, aren't wrestling fans. We are wrestling fans. I watch every pay-per-view, <laughs> right? I don't know. Right? I watch every pay-per-view. Yeah. And there's going to be people who listen to this who watch every pay-per-view. Yeah. They don't need to do anything special at WrestleMania to make us watch it. We'll watch it. It's WrestleMania. It's the other people. To sell 70,000, 80,000 tickets every time you go into a city is a big deal. Mm. Not every WWE pay-per-view can sell that many tickets. This is the one that is a big deal and has a big selling point. And that is that it's, it's everything. It's every form of entertainment. And that means sometimes you have to do stuff that in the eyes of super serious furrowed brow wrestling fans they look at that and go stupid yeah but wrestling's stupid and you can read all about this in Jim's second book How to Sell Out with James Smallman because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you would do you would change your name to sound more professional um, I can't there's already a James Smallman in equity so I, can't. Uh, yeah, I have no, to be uh, also by the way Costa Kofi Kingston it's not technically <laughs> a takeaway but I, I got one stuck in my head that I'm trying to make work, which is uh, um, it's pizza related. I'm just going to I'm going to foreshadow. Let me hush, finish mine hush. first. I'm halfway through. Um, no names, Jim. Um, I'm going to I'm going to foreshadow mine, which is it's pizza related, and that's Ric Flair, uh, Arn Anderson, Ollie Anderson, Tully Blanchard, the Four Seasons. Um, uh, <laughs> I need to get four seasons in because it's a type hey, of pizza and I can't well, get Well, I'm going to counter that with Deuce and Dominoes. Yeah, I heard ah. that. I heard that, but I was just like, nah. Low hanging fruit is still fruit. Mm. Um, Papa John Cena's. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, when you said that, I felt like you were singing that Madonna song. <laughs> Papa John Cena's. Uh, um, which, please again if you're capable uh, it's um, not there in 30 minutes it's free um, that was number 10 number 9 <laughs> um, independent wrestling in New Orleans there was a lot of it <laughs> little chef Peter by a feet oh Johnny Cash playing in their head right now. Oh, I'm just... so sorry. I'm so Dwayne. I'm sorry. I'm apologise to the Mayavia dynasty. Oh. Hang on. Fuck little chef. They've gone out of business. They haven't. Haven't they? No. Not with Peter Mayavia. <laughs> <then. laughs> my... Little chef story. <laughs> I, went into a, I went into a little chef once. I, lo- I used to love a little chef breakfast. Right. And I went into a little chef on the way to a gig in... When I lived in Leicester, I went to a little chef on the way to a gig in Peterborough. Right, and I'm I pull in and I go in, and the two lads working in the little chef are the two most stoned lads I've ever met ever. And I walk in and I and I go, um, I just have a table for one. And the guy goes, Yeah, I'm just just making some breakfast. <laughs> sit where you want, mate. So I sit down and I sit down. Right, I'm not kidding. He's smoking in the kitchen. Right, and 
he turns around, I'm just sitting there just looking at the menu. He turns around and goes, hey, mate, do you want some toast? I went, well, yeah, I was going to get a breakfast. And he went, no, nah, I'm making some toast now if you want some. <laughs> so he makes some toast, brings me some toast over. Like, honestly, like eight pieces of toast. And he goes, um, just brings that over, goes back to the kitchen. And there's two lads. There's, there's like in most little chefs, there's a guy cooking and there's a guy serving and cleaning the tables who does some cooking as well. That's it. And uh, and the guy goes to me, he goes, what do you want? I go, Olympic breakfast. And he goes, all right. And always, he goes, walks over to the freezer. He goes, how many sausages do you want? And I go, two? And he goes, all right. Pulls the sausages out. They're frozen, snaps two sausages off. And then, from like the distance from me here to the door, so like five, six feet away, just throws the sausages into the deep fat fryer from distance. <laughs> oh, my and God. I was like, yes, you're a god. And, and I wonder why they went out of business. Um Harvey Wimpy Man. Wow. Ugh. I liked Wimpy when I was a kid. Good. Wow. Ugh. Harvey Wimpy Man. Good. Which sounds like something that someone that only has like a passing interest yeah. in wrestling would say. I remember one of, talking to Ted DiBiase before. I remember <laughs> one of one of our friends, uh, it was uh, CJ Banks's friend once called. What did he call him? Oh, he's like, oh, you're into that wrestling, aren't you? Is there? Ted DeBase still wrestling. You know, Ted, Ted DeBase. Ted DeBase. <laughs> Which is a great, like, raver gimmick yeah. name. Um, Frankie Kazarian and Benny's. Let's, Ooh, I don't know if that was a takeaway. Okay. Okay. I don't know if that was a takeaway. I way. mean, you can get it with, with your Deuce and Dominoes. Yeah, so. nice. Um, good. Right, number nine, indie wrestling in New Orleans. There was loads of it. Um, a few people said to me, what was your favourite match you saw in New Orleans? I didn't go to loads of indie wrestling shows because it turned out I was dead busy. Um, the one indie wrestling show I did go to outside of my own companies uh, was uh, GCW's Bloodsport show that was great because it had Matt Riddle uh, against uh, Minoru Suzuki, uh, who was a last-minute substitute for uh, Loki, who pulled out of the show for either completely legitimate or completely dodgy reasons, depending on what person you believe. <laughs> I mean, it was the whole that whole scenario was the gossip around it itself was brilliant. That show was great. Partly because I went backstage to it because it was in our venue. Um, I went backstage to say hello to a few people, and when I went backstage, um, when I went backstage for that, I saw Eddie Kingston, who are regular followers of me on Twitter will know I love as a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And I saw Eddie Kingston, who I've met once, um, and then every every single time I've seen him since, he greets me like a long lost friend. Mm-hmm. He knows my name, knows everything about me, just a good dude. Yeah. And I'd already seen him in our hotel before I went backstage at GCW. Go backstage, and he just shouts at me from across the room. Goes, "Hey, motherfucker, you're a rival promoter. What are you doing in here? I'll fucking kill you." <laughs> and then comes over and just puts his arm around me and goes, "Ah." <laughs> like, Good. Um, Hi, Eddie. He is he is the most aggressive, lovely man in the world ever. He's he's a genuine joy, but he he conveys his joy in a very angry is, is he, Brooklyn manner. Is he the living embodiment of the Belfast accent? Mm, no, because that's no. actually aggressive. Everything Eddie says sounds like it's actually quite friendly. Whilst you know he could kill you if he yeah. wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, the reason I was backstage was to go and see the Louisiana State Athletic Commissioner. Um, <laughs> so I, if you're not familiar with this, to give you a backstory, we were all told that all moves in in New Orleans were banned by uh, one person from the Louisiana State Athletic Commission. Now that wasn't true. 
um, one guy from the Louisiana State Athletic Commission had got a bit gobby and said that everything was banned. Okay. Uh, and then uh, people at WrestleCon and people at, at the WM venue that we were using um, just spoke to the, the commission and they went, no, pile drivers are banned. Right. And blood's banned. Which is fine. Blood's banned in New York. So, yeah. like, we've been through that before. We don't have a lot of blood on our shows. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I go and see the Louisiana State Athletic Commissioner, who is called Elmo. <laughs> now, at every point, people were saying, like, people were coming up to me going, Have you seen the commissioner? Yeah, I'm going, like, well, Yeah, his name's Elmo. And they're going, Oh, a bit intimidated about seeing him. I mean, what if he asked me questions? I went, Just tickle him. Right. And no one got the joke. And I was so proud. Um, so, um, I go and see him, and he's a, he's a big dude with a beard. And he's wearing his state athletic commissioner's badge around his neck like he's a sheriff. Right. <laughs> it's brilliant. And I sit down in front of him and he's got a proper Louisiana accent I will not do justice to. And I say, hello, sir. My name's Jim. Um, I'm here to get my, my license. And he goes, okay, have we got your paperwork? And I went, I think so. I sent it across like three weeks ago. And he goes through a little folder and you can't find it. And he goes, oh, we're missing a few people's paperwork. Exact words from an important state uh, assigned commissioner. He goes, fuck it, fill it in now. Right, so <laughs> so I, I fill in my thing, and he goes, so you're a wrestler or a referee? And I went, I'm neither, and I'm an announcer. Again, his exact words, he goes, fuck are you doing? You don't need a license to be an announcer. At which point, I point out the thing that says announcer on his own. <laughs> I go, it says it there. And he takes off his reading glasses to see it better somehow, and just goes, well, I'll be. and then I became a a licensed announcer my license lasts until the end of the year Um, he was he was a joy he was genuinely and really and people were frightened of him and I think the WrestleCon venue the the guy they got there wasn't necessarily as nice as our guy Um, but he was lovely he was a really really nice dude Um, although a fun thing that happened on on our first show was Pete Dunne uh, won a match using the uh, the better end, which is of course his uh, pump panel move into a tombstone. And the minute he hit it, because everyone was no one had seen a pile seen a pile driver at this point um, on any of the shows because they're banned. He hits a pile driver, and the whole place goes, "Yay, it's a great move!" And then the reaction is, "Yay, great move!" Oh fuck, he's done a pile driver. And then about fifteen hundred people turn around to me as if to go. Well, you're fucked now. And I thought I was, because I didn't realise that Pete had asked permission to from Elmo to do it. <laughs> Presumably, because if you work for WWE, you're allowed to do a pile driver. That's what was said. He carries a WWE title belt everywhere with him. Presumably, he went in, saw Elmo to get his licence, just slapped that down on the table and went, I'm doing a pile driver, all the best. And just fucked off again. Just the phrase, it's all right, because he asked Elmo if he could do a pile driver. Yeah. Welcome to our weird New Orleans was. Um, I I enjoyed our shows in New Orleans. The weird thing was, we were in a very big venue with a very high ceiling, so um, the atmosphere the atmosphere was fine for indie shows in America. The atmosphere is not as good as I would like the atmosphere to be at our shows here. And what was weird was we had a lot of friends who are wrestlers in America come as our guests on the show on the Saturday. Uh, no, the Friday, rather. We had a lot of our friends come. Um, uh, a lot of whom work for WWE or NXT now and a couple of them were saying oh it's such a shame um, I'll probably never get a chance to wrestle for you guys because the atmosphere is amazing and I was having to say to them oh this atmosphere is, this, this is fine but our atmosphere at the ballroom is like off the charts this is this is okay like because that it, it was bothering me because of the difference in the venue and, and how far away it is and the fact it was the earliest show uh, uh, of the day it felt a bit 
the atmosphere wasn't as I would like it to be. And I, I've said this to everybody. But then you, you're going to go in with, with great expectations because you are presenting your, your baby. You are, well, also, you are presenting the most precious thing. The last show we did in America was in New York, which is the best atmosphere at any show I've ever been to ever, including every show we've ever had in the UK. So, yeah, so I mean, usually if, if the crowd's not coming with the show, it's usually the MC's fault. So maybe you should take a long... Hard look at yourself. Maybe you. Yeah, were. maybe maybe that's. Maybe hey, it was you. Oi, hey, hey, hey! Licensed? Are you licensed? Yeah. You shut no. the fuck up. Come on, when you're no. licensed, because because you can't license me. I'm the unlicensed ring announcer. Yeah. Well, you won't be getting any fucking work in New Orleans, will you? Apparently, some people. <laughs> no matter the license thing, some people have actually been banned from wrestling in New Orleans, and it wasn't. It was only when I spoke to friends with WWE who said to me oh yeah like anywhere where there is a state athletic commission which includes New York mm. they talk to each other Ooh. so there's people who've gone fuck it I'll do it I'm never going to wrestle in New Orleans again I'm going to do a pile driver and they now might be banned and they'll be prob- they might try and wrestle in New York <laughs> and still be banned so it's a bit of a grey area um, but the whole weekend was mad for independent wrestling like it, it, my one concern is it's a bit like the end of a fringe. There's probably slightly too many shows now. Um, uh, so it did feel a little bit like when you think that when TakeOver was going on, mm-hmm. there was 13,000 people at TakeOver plus five-ish thousand people at Ring of Honor. And there were still indie companies trying to run shows at that time and that's going to be difficult. Yeah, you know what? If if When you have like 50,000 people who come to town... Mm. Maybe let's say maybe forty to fifty thousand people that come to town for this event. Why not just throw it all out there and and people will sink or swim, mm. you know. I mean, we, we we had we had a great we had a great time. We had uh, roughly two and a half thousand fans come to our two shows, yeah. which is great. Um, the Saturday show the Saturday show was slightly quieter because there's more stuff going on. But for me, and if you've watched sixty six and sixty seven back on demand progress dot com yet, like the, the Saturday show was a better show for me. Um, like it was, it was more light-hearted and more fun, and it felt more like us rather than us trying to do loads and loads of matches that were important. We did, we had some fun, partly out of necessity, because um, like Will Ospreay was so banged up, we changed his match to a mixed tag match, and then they did some really cool stuff in that. And it, you know, it was it, that show was fun. I enjoyed that show. Um, I enjoyed the Friday show. I just enjoyed the Saturday show slightly more. Yeah. Um, well, yours, your, the Friday show was the only one I went to hmm. that wasn't WWE. Mainly because I wanted to see some of New Orleans as well. Yeah. I saw none of New Orleans, but equally, um, Bourbon Street is the thing of most terror for me. Glenn had tweeted within about two minutes of being on Bourbon Street, he was drunk and had been offered Class A drugs, which obviously he said no to. Um, but when he mentioned that to me, I'm like, oh, I'm a recovered addict. No, nope, I'm never going to Bourbon Street and never went there once. I, I went nowhere. I, I, our venue was. Um, hey, tell you where you did go. Sesame Street, though, didn't you? Tss, Elmo, Sesame Street. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bit. Yeah. Um, the. No, I just needed to say actually, something because I don't. I don't care. I don't watch anything. WrestleMania weekend. It's actually Mexican. It's Elmo. Yeah. It's Sir Mo's mask luchador giving. Elmo. <laughs> um, I. Yeah, I. What was I saying? Um, yeah, our venue was a long way away from everything um, mm-hmm. to um, uh, and again uh, we love our friends at WWN very much we don't know much about America so we're often we're trusted in their hands so if 
um, if they say to us, we're doing the show in this venue, we'll go, yeah, cool, because they're our friends and we love doing shows with, with Sal and Gabe at WWM. But um, it was fair to say a long way away. Now, after Joey Janela's spring break show, um, which by all means was nuts, um, after that show, because there were so many people, a lot of people used Lyft, which is like kind of a version of Uber, but it has like scales of prices depending on demand. And if you wanted an SUV Lyft back from the Ponchar Train Exhibition Centre where the shows were, which is, is maybe 12 miles out of the city centre, um, it was costing people five hundred dollars. Oh yeah. So like that is nuts. Mm. So you kind of need to be able to drive to get there. Um, I was talking to Pete Dunn about it, and he was like, "It was like I was talking about people getting Ubers, and he went, yeah, I had to get a submarine.' <laughs> <laughs> so what he went, yeah, because that venue, like, there's the whole of the earth, and then there's the ocean. <laughs> I was like, okay, so uh, yeah, it was a long way away. Um, and you know, it's something to consider for you know if we do a show at WrestleMania next year, is, is maybe making sure that the venue is slightly easier for everybody. Um, but uh, I wish I went to more shows. Um, if you went to WrestleMania weekend uh, and you went to indie shows, what was the best thing you saw? Uh, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Because Matthew can't answer this, he wasn't there. Christopher can't answer this, he only went to our show. And I'm biased because I was at our shows. I did really enjoy Kaiju Big Battle. Yeah, it looked amazing. Um, partly because a lot of our lads were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoa, hey! Apparently doing it. There was a moment in this, so I'm really, you know, when you're tired and you're a bit delirious. Mm hmm. So watching Kaiju Big Battle, which if you're not familiar, um, is people in giant rubber costumes wrestling each other. Um, and there's constant commentary uh, at ringside that everyone can hear. Um, and there's a point where there's a, a character, and I don't know who was playing said character, uh, called the Burger Bear. And the Burger Bear is a bear whose head is a burger. And he's wrestling in a battle royal. Um, and someone who is wrestling, I think it was a giant waffle, um, has a giant... <laughs> cardboard razor blade that they slap him on the top of the head with and then blood starts spurting out the top of his head and when this happened I'm watching it with Glenn when this happened I fell on the floor laughing like I was so tired and so delirious I just I fell down I've been to TakeOver I watched that after TakeOver <laughs> it was mental um, right I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Subject number eight. Uh, that takeover ladder match. Mm-hmm. Um, did it last five minutes? Did it last an hour? <laughs> no one knows. Mm-hmm. Um, one of two matches on that show. We'll get to the other one in a bit. Um, rated five stars by Dave Meltzer. Wow. A five match show where the lowest rated match got three and a half stars and two got five. Wow. It is. Uh, was it Canadian Stampede that was always the really well, highly ranked uh, WWE in your house? Yeah, that was one of back them. in the day, mm-hmm. which a lot of people talk about because that's got uh, Sasuke against Takamichi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's got very very for only five matches. Every match on it is very highly rated. I think this takeover is now the one of the highest rated by average rating per match shows mm-hmm. in the history of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I tweeted about it. It's my favorite show I've ever attended. Okay. The end. Like, I, I would surprise, be surprised if nothing's going to beat it this year. Um, and again, I'm not including my own company's shows in that. That would be stupid. Uh, I'm biased. But nothing, nothing is going to beat it for me this year, whether I watch it live or watch it recorded. Mm. It was better for me top to bottom than Wrestle Kingdom was. Okay. Yeah. I know Wrestle Kingdom was brilliant, because it was. It was genuinely brilliant. Um, but this was better for me than Wrestle Kingdom because Wrestle Kingdom was good but still had points that were just fine rather than great everything on this on TakeOver was great and it started with this ladder match um, is this ladder match it's a question for you you lads mm-hmm. uh, answer it however you choose is this ladder match the greatest ladder match in the history of time go no what is I don't think any one ladder match is because without wanting to sound a bit too wet Everything is sort of judged by where you you find it because, like Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, it was brilliant, but but it would never be the same as it was when I was watching that ladder match back in nineteen ninety four. See, I think that ladder match is the greatest ladder match of all time. Mm-hmm. The Shawn Mike, the original Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon one, because it was the one that set the benchmark at the time. And I know everything's topped it since. Oh yeah, well, and it's not like matches haven't. This match is definitely more crazy than that ladder match. Of course it is. But at the time, that ladder match stuck out so much. This ladder match sticks out in WWE terms, but if you've watched the PWG show, it doesn't stick out loads. But, so yeah, it's you. Uh, no one did ladder matches before that. Yeah, not really. And well, now Hart invented them, didn't he? Apparently. Well, of course. So he says. Um, but then, um, yeah, but but that was the one that made them kind of mainstream, mm. and you see it a lot. So I think it was excellent. I think everyone shone. Mm-hmm. Everyone at their moment, everyone looked like at some point they could have been the one to win it, mm. um, and it was amazing. There was never a point where it led up, and it's certainly the best one in recent memory. I'd say oh, it was. It was brilliant. I mean, it was. There was so many stories told with it. A lot of people look at it and go, "Ladder match, spot fest." Yeah, but every every bit of the spottiness of it helped tell the story. Everyone had their own. Well, I mean, my, one of my favourite bits about it is Ricochet's first move in his WWE career is a double springboard shooting star press to the outside. So you know when people go, oh, I bet they're going to slow Ricochet down. No, clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. And You kind of know what you're getting when you buy, yeah. when you sign Ricochet. He looked great in the match. Velveteen Dream looked great in the match. Adam Cole obviously looked great in the match and won the match. Um, Killian Dane looked great in the match. Lars Sullivan looked great in the match. Who's the one person I forgot? EC3 looked great in the match. It was his debut as well. So everyone looked brilliant, and everyone in it is a slightly different style of wrestler. And I think that's the bit that makes it really interesting. It's not 
loads of people who are the same size and the same style of wrestler. It's lots of different people. That, to me, is like a snapshot of the perfect wrestling show. Mm. Because a lot of it, I think what made it stand out is that a lot of the stuff is homogenised. Where you get everyone, you can go to an indie show and everyone has almost exactly the same moves. Yeah. Regardless of whether they're five foot nine and, and 180 pounds or six foot four and 300 pounds. Mm. Everyone seems to want to do everything. Yeah. Um, whereas everyone kind of did what they did very well and it was different ingredients all coming together. Um, what's your favourite ladder match? Um, Hardy Boys, Dudley's, Edge and Christian. Um, because that was my gener- my generation's Michaels and Hall. Yeah. Because it which one? Uh, the first, oh, the, the the main one. one. Yeah. I I think TLC's better the 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 year after in terms of like a match, but in terms of a ladder match because it felt I don't know it probably felt the same way as, as Michaels and Hall did that it 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 just felt so different from the rest of the the universe that WWE had at the time but yeah that's the one that sticks out for me but um yeah I, I really I really enjoyed this match and I think the reason I really enjoyed this match was um it felt like everyone had a really strong identity in it and everyone's identity shone through it almost felt like it it had chapters or phases mm. if that makes sense like yeah. it, it felt like like there was a bit where it was like, oh, here's Ricochet. Look at all the mental stuff that Ricochet does. Oh, wicked! And then they had the bit with Lars and Killian, and that felt really different. And then you know, portraying Velveteen in the way that they did, as well as EC3, and obviously Adam Cole ultimately being a little shit that that gets the job done. Like it felt, it felt like a that that comment about was it five minutes or you know a day is so true because it felt like it just went from from different phases. And I think the one thing he did really well for me was. You mentioned about reset and expectations with the Nicholas bit. I think there's always an expectation in a ladder match that the finish needs to be like pure death. Like mm-hmm. it has to be the biggest, most spectacular thing in the world. Again, obviously, someone has to take a flat back bump seventeen, <laughs> yeah, seventeen feet down to the earth. And, and you know, me mentioning the Hardy Boys, Dudleys, and Edge and Christian set that expectation. Mm-hmm. So eighteen years later having a match that still absolutely had moments that people will still be talking around, but a finish that was still sensible and realistic and still got a reaction. That's the, I, I really enjoyed it in terms of like it, its construction. Um, Do you know what I enjoyed? No one climbed a ladder slowly. Yeah, yeah. You know when you have a ladder match and two minutes in, <sighs> someone's climbing it like they've never climbed a ladder before. <laughs> It's, I hate that. I want first, someone to win a ladder match within the first minute. It's the first time they've ever had six non-asthmatics in a ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, Very good. I'll tell you what, you want the best ladder match of all time, you stick that inhaler above the ring. Yeah, man. That'd be good. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, little uh, side note, having seen the uh, WWE NXT North American title up close... Uh, it's got the same font as the progress title on it in a couple of places. Just noticed it. As is, I believe. Uh, no, the Cruiserweight one hasn't. You've got a Cruiserweight title belt over there. Have you been robbing champions? I I, I don't want to discuss that okay, at good. this point. Okay, good. All I'm saying is I've got a lot of friends in a lot of places. Good. I know a lot of GMs. Um, Number seven. Shinsuke Nakamura's new thing is punching people in the nuts. Not just 
punching them in the nuts, but... Fireman's carrying them because he hits them so hard he turns it into a fireman. Becoming one with them. Um, lovely, vel- lovely velour trousers I thought he had for WrestleMania. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was just going to rub his thighs. And, yeah. and then, you know, exactly. Goldberg. So, I enjoyed the match at WrestleMania. I think a lot of people expected it to be like their New Japan match, which it was not. No. Um, but it was still good. At that point, the crowd were tired and you could tell. But the crowd really reacted to Shinsuke turning. Now, Shinsuke as a heel is the absolute best. Uh, his new music is not as good. Let's get that out of the way. I like but it. But isn't that the point? I know, it's, uh, it's, it is the point. And but also, it's still a banger. Besides, kids. The, the beauty bit, of... Bit of J-Mel for kids. The beauty of rap in a language you don't understand is it can be about anything you want it to be about. For me, Nakamura's music is just telling me what a good person I am. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've seen a few people use the uh, 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 graphic of uh, Johnny Cage's uh, move in, <laughs> in yeah. Mortal Kombat, where he Brutality. does the splits and just punches people in the nuts. My my favorite meme has been the guy shooting the person in the chair, mm. um, and and it being the person with a gun is Nakamura, the person in the chair is AJ Styles, and the, and the payoff is just. I don't speak English, which is very loud. Because that's that's a thing as well. Um, I love it. It's it's fun. It's it's different. Again, in the, in the same way, I remember when 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 Sami Zayn turned, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to hate this because Sami Zayn's the most lovely man in the world ever." And the fun that we've all had with Sami Zayn doing his little thing. So I think it makes I think it makes Shinsuke. Also, Nakamura Different. was a heel for a long time oh, in Japan. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, sure. Chaos but were think... a heel stable before yeah. being in a stable in Japan just meant that you had you had friends rather than a heel or face dynamic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I think it adds adds new life to him. Because, um, uh, again, it was that. It felt like, you know, even with the run-up with, with that match, I think, I think, you know, logically breaking it down... The reason why people had expectations of it being the New Japan match, you know, number two, was because they were selling it like, oh, this is just going to be a really good wrestling match between two really good people, and it was. Um, But having that bit at the end, I think, gave it more coming out of the event. WrestleMania as well is not... WrestleMania in a stadium is not the place to have a five-star wrestling match. Um, WrestleMania in an arena is... No, sorry. No, no, does, I'm, I'm, no I, I, let me explain this, right? I'm not saying you can't have a five-star wrestling match at a WrestleMania in a stadium. You can. Yeah. But it's not the place to shoot to have one. Because if, you're, if your aim is to just have a five-star wrestling match at WrestleMania, it could go over a lot of the fans' heads. Because depending on what cities it in, it's in, oh. they might not necessarily be I as into wrestling so it's not, as it could it's, be. It's five-star match in the... Just blinker down and just wrestle. Yeah. Sense. Okay. Yeah. Like, sense. I, what I'm saying is, if you if your goal is to have a five star match that everyone raves about being the best match of all time, you will struggle in a stadium unless a lot of what draws people in is the razzle dazzle of the match. Because again, there's probably forty thousand massive hardcore wrestling fans in that stadium, and then a lot of people, the further towards the back you go, especially in the cheap seats, they're given. They're, they're sold cheap to local people to fill mm. the stadium um, because obviously when something's in your city you want local people to get to it mm. um, it was the same in Orlando when I was in Orlando for Wrestlemania last year everyone sat around me like 
people didn't understand much about wrestling. The only people they knew were Roman Reigns and John Cena. They didn't know anything else. <laughs> and that's the thing you've got again. It's a big entertainment product. That match, that match at a smaller pay per view in a stadium with only thirteen thousand people in it, or an arena with thirteen thousand people in it, you can do much more. That's true. Um, that's yeah. what I meant. Rather than you, because you can obviously have a five star match in a stadium. Um, of course, especially, just, if called, especially if you're called Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's just a lot harder. It certainly is. Um, yeah, and, and do you know the be- what thing that I like most as well is that is that old Shin. He's one of the lads. He's he's subvert. You know the the knack. He's um, switch your music. I forgot my point. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Changed, doesn't he? Yeah, he's changed. Um, oh, he's subverted. Sorry, you let me remember again. Yeah, he's subverted the old because every time a Japanese wrestler comes, it's now it's it's now hack to say immediately that Vince is going to turn someone into a stereotype to the point where so Nakamura comes in, everyone's going, well, they're going to give him the Orient Express theme, and he's going to be throwing salt in people's eyes, and and and. He's now subverting that by being the heel that clearly speaks English, yeah. clearly knows what's going on. It's just going, ah, I'm being a dick. Yeah. It's wonderful. I think as well, if let's be honest, if your whole gimmick is that you're a rock star slash artist, you're absolutely allowed to be a bellend. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, some rock stars, I'm sure, are lovely people. But a common rock star trait is to be an arse. Mm. So all he's doing is being a dickhead, egotist... And it's wonderful, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, also, I thought their match in Jeddah was good as well. Um, I know people went, oh, we're a double count out. Sometimes matches have to. Just all get over that, shall we? That's the joy of wrestling. If every match had ended in a clean victory for one side or the other, it would be really boring. <laughs> you need you need controversy to talk about. Right, number six. Uh, Asuka loses. Didn't see that coming. So. I I really enjoyed that match. Oh, that match was great. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I... So I, I was talking to a guy who sat in the row behind me and was like, I don't... And he, he loved the match, but he said, I don't understand why they've had her lose. And my argument there was, I think, like, an undefeated streak is often... It's a bit of a millstone around your neck, isn't it? Because mm. eventually you've got to lose. So now, in theory... They can concentrate on Asuka's character rather than her character just being she's not lost yet. Yeah. Um, I also think that if you're going to lose to anyone, losing to Charlotte is not is not a slight on you. Who is Charlotte is wonderful, um, but for Asuka to go like what 600 days without losing or something ridiculous like that yeah. is is crazy. Um, thought the match was great. Were you surprised that she that Asuka lost? I was surprised. But... I was surprised that she lost. I understand why, but I was surprised. Yeah, no, I, I was surprised, but but much like you again, I kind of was like, okay, well, she's lost now, so yeah. that's okay. Um, you the know, world, the world keeps turning. It does, and and like she broke, you know, the Goldberg thing, and and did did her own thing and carved out a a really big, you know. And, and let's not forget how Goldberg lost. Goldberg lost to the head booker of WCW yeah, yeah, at the time. Yeah. Like this is it. I think. I think as well. Like I think she lost in a spirited, competitive yeah, contest. And she's so much more than that as as a character and a wrestler. Like th- this was my favorite match of the show, mm. as as an as an actual wrestling match. Yeah. 
this was my favourite match. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. I, I genuinely thought both of them just showed just how good they are and, and how how they are, two of them, two huge players in that environment. So long gone are the days of, you know, yesteryears and, and, and the perception of that women's division because that, that was genuinely fantastic from their entrances to the actual wrestling match to to everything they did was and being in being in the stadium at the time like the reaction that match got in the stadium was one of the loudest mm-hmm. of the show partly because it was earlier on when people were still super mm-hmm. up for it but Charlotte's entrance was brilliant Asuka's entrance was brilliant it, everything about it was really good and I, I agree with you I think it it's not we'll get to it in a bit it's not my favourite match on Wrestlemania um, on the Wrestlemania show but I think from a technical standpoint, it's the best. Yeah. Like it was, it was fantastic. I mean, Chris, were you? How do you feel about Asuka losing? Were you? I, I like being surprised. I mean, yes. that's the thing. It's it's kind of nice because everyone had their own sort of story written in their head about how it was going to play out. Mm. A lot of people, like, oh, obviously Asuka's going to win it. Yeah. Or, and then. You know, Carmella's going to cash in, or something's going to happen, or this is going to happen. But it was—it's one of those moments where it goes, "Well, that's that." I didn't expect that because it was so simple. You kind of you kind of write all these stories in your head, but sometimes it's just as simple as that. And it 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 got a genuine like wow from Mm. everyone. Everyone was surprised. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't you know thirty streak ending wow, but it was a real kind of wow. Yeah. It, it felt like you were there. If if WrestleMania showcase of the Immortals, pop culture phenomenon, if that's about delivering these moments, mm. then that's a moment that people are going to remember. Good, succinctly put. Well done. Um, I mean, it was great. Like it was a it was a fine match. I, I was I was shocked at Asuka losing, but again, there's nothing wrong with being shocked. And also. She lost in a really competitive match. Mm. And everyone comes out of it looking good. Asuka comes out of it looking great because she was still great in that match. She was still undefeated for fucking ever yeah. in, a, in a thing where no one goes undefeated for that long. And she was beaten by someone who is, is very good and has been pushed accordingly. She wasn't, she wasn't beaten for the, you know, 30 seconds for the sake of, you know, wasn't the honky-tonk man when he was a <laughs> continental champion. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't that at all. So, good. Shinsuke Takamura. Nice. 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 Um, number five. <laughs> the WrestleMania main event. Um, how do we all feel about it? Now, I, I'll, I'll let you into my little story. I did not enjoy the WrestleMania main event when I was watching it live, not because of anything that was going on in the ring, but because of aforementioned dickhead sat uh, behind me who, as soon as the match started, started booing, chanting same old shit. Wasn't watching the match because the match wasn't boring. No. All right, if you don't like people doing their finishes, then all right. If, if, that's, if you absolutely hate that, then fine. But if you... I had to go and watch that match again that night so, on the network so I'd actually seen it mm-hmm. because I didn't see it because I was so just full of rage for this one dickhead who was who just gone no I don't like Roman Reigns and he just kept saying they're going to put the title on Roman 
boo. And every time he kicks out of something, boo. And then at the end, when Lesnar won, he looked perplexed. He looked like he not quite understood what he'd done with himself for the last 15 minutes of his life. I think we've just explained how Trump got in. <laughs> you see that moment of cognitive dissonance at the end? So, and he, all the time he's like, he kept nudging people around him, going, Reigns is definitely going to win. Reigns is definitely going to win. I may, when Lesnar won, have turned around and gone, ha ha, fuck you, dickhead. Um, <laughs> I might have done that because he was so annoying. Like, you allowed your own opinion. He stopped that thing, there's kids around and stuff, and he was swearing constantly, and he was just... He was being it was, really. It wasn't tense. a nice atmosphere. No, because you yeah. well, obviously you were sat near him as well, and he, and yeah. he was an ass of the oh, yeah, highest he order. A, he was a massive bellend. And also, if you come to WrestleMania with a beach ball because <laughs> you don't like one wrestler in particular, fuck off and don't come to WrestleMania ever again. I think I speak for nearly every wrestling fan in the world. And this guy loved the beach balls. Oh, I love the beach balls, which instantly means. I want to know you found out that Roman Reigns has got a fear of beach balls. <laughs> That's not. Is that on Wikipedia? <laughs> Under his personal, personal life. Under his it now. Fear um, of beach balls. So, um, so yeah, so I had to go back and watch it again. Watching it again, is it the match of the night? No. Is it a, a historically brilliant main event for a WrestleMania? No. Is it a perfectly good and incredibly brutal match? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> because Brock Lesnar fucking kills him. <laughs> He, um, I believe at one point, in the words of Mark Henry's music, he got his wig split. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was... Whew, it was brutal. It was. It was It was. It was an incredibly physical match. And it, it was it just... But being sat near where you were, it just... I was so... I mean, it didn't help by that point that I was knackered, mm. that my knee had started hurting, because... I defy anyone to sit in one of those seats for seven hours. And we were in fairly comfy seats. No, we're terrible, but I mean, you're still. Yeah. I had to get up and wander around a bit. But the fact that there were people there who had decided already. That's the thing. They decided to be dicks before they wouldn't give the match a chance. And that's the thing that really wound me up. Like, if five minutes into a match you hate it, fine. But they decided upon entrances mm-hmm. that they hated the match. And in some people's cases, I think they decided they wanted to make the match like Lesnar Goldberg at WrestleMania 20, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, people have decided they wanted to make it like that. And and they wanted to throw beach balls around, and they wanted to boo everything, and and they wanted to not pay attention to it, and they wanted to chant disrespectful stuff to, to both competitors. And in reality, Roman Reigns was getting murdered for our entertainment. He was getting elbowed in the head by a man who looks like a more frightening Raoul Moat. Like, that's what was happening in the ring in front of us. There was blood everywhere, and people were still... When the blood, when people saw the blood, the, the atmosphere did change from... Boo to... Oh, hang on a minute. I mean, we basically lived through a live snippet from Thor Ragnarok, didn't we? Yes. It was it was genuinely blue. I went back and watched it again and was like, you know what, I was good. I wish I'd got a chance to enjoy it more in the venue. But again, just people who just decide. When I was leaving, a guy came up to me and nudged me and went, you should watch New Japan, it's loads better than this. And I said to him, like, some New Japan's brilliant, mate, but there's a lot of six-man tag matches that mean nothing. <laughs> and he just he went, fuck you, and walked off. <laughs> and I, I was like, 
So you've come up with your own argument. If you like New Japan more than you like WWE, that's absolutely fine. But don't tell me that every New Japan show is better than WrestleMania because it is not. So, so he paid money. Yeah. Oh, go to WrestleMania and was wearing a WrestleMania hat and WrestleMania T-shirts as well. Nice one. He bought a ticket. Uh, he bought a ticket. Was wearing tons and tons of merch and had stayed till the end. That's the other thing. It took me three hours to get out of fucking car park at the end of WrestleMania. If you hate that main event Rookie so mistake. much, I was I was long gone. If you then leave. <laughs> if you hate it that much, why are you still here? Why are you here to just to complain about something? And I know it's something we bring up on the podcast all the time. If you don't like wrestling, stop watching wrestling. It's all, there's loads of people who love it. Like we love it, and most of you guys listen to this. Look, I'm certain if you're listening to this podcast that spent two years, and we've been going for over two years now. Two years being super positive about wrestling. You generally, probably love wrestling. Generally takes about two years to go mainstream, doesn't it? it is, yeah. Um, so, but the amount of the amount of people who love wrestling, like if you don't like, you're not like, you don't have to like everything on the show. Did I like everything on WrestleMania? No. Did I like the show in general? Yes. Why? Because it's fucking WrestleMania, mate. It was immense fun. Right. It's fun. It's WrestleMania. Did I like Takeover more? Yeah. But takeovers more to my sensibilities as a wrestling fan, and I know that. But one day I want to take my son to WrestleMania because when he's like six, WrestleMania will be the coolest thing he ever sees. Then again, people are forgetting and the difference between. And he'll be Braun Strowman's tag team partner. <laughs> <laughs> Braun Strowman's tag team partner should be his dad, who is of course Braun Strowman, but with white beard. Braun Strowman's new gimmick is like the guy. In Oliver Twist with all the urchins. That's his new gimmick. Nice. Fagan. 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 That's his name. Fagan. Braun Fagan. Come on, you cotties. <laughs> that is his real accent. And he says country strong. He's yeah. from Hertfordshire. All right. Yeah. Want to get these hands? <laughs> um, next. <laughs> these hands, they've been pickpocketing. Um, number four. Daniel Bryan returns. Uh, meaning I had to edit quite a lot of my book. <laughs> um, um, so uh, no one ever thinks of the little guy, do they? No. Um, I think when they announced it, because it probably came out of the blue, and I know because I read the Wrestling Observer, people have been talking about him, you know, trying to get cleared for a while. But I was still there's very few surprises in this world anymore. That was one of the loveliest surprises. What a nice day. Like that birthday was. and Christmas come up once. It was. It was, in it was being back. joyous. It was. And. He looked, as always, he looked, he looked great. And he's looked great ever since. He was obviously spent 72 minutes in the greatest Royal Rumble the other day mm. as well, which is it, good on him. Like, I am very interested to see... I mean, if they're letting him do 72 minutes in a Battle Royal where he took a load of bumps as well, I'm fairly sure that... I mean, they eased him in a little bit with his match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But one would presume now we're going to get to see loads of mad shit, dream matches that we all wanted to see mm. that we didn't never thought we'd solve. It's... It's great, isn't it? What are you? Mo- what would you most like to see from a Daniel Bryan match slash feud, slash feud over the next few months? What would uh, you in, most like to see? Is it? Is that in terms of what I think? No, like, what would you like to see? Not what we think. Uh, I, I think what we think is going to happen is him and the Miz. Well, that's what I want yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. See, for for me, I'd, I'd 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 love to see him and Pete for that UK title, just because I think that would be just insane. Like, I've got loads of insane matches, like 
him. Look, I've used my favour on Cassius Ono. Like, you tell me that now. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, <laughs> I should have told you. Him and Cesaro would be wonderful, even if it was just a just a match. Um, him and AJ would be great. Him and AJ would be great. Him and any of the two hundred five lads would be fun. Him versus AJ versus Samoa Joe in in my <laughs> Ring of Honor dreams have come true. Yeah, okay. about about ten years. Him, after him and Nakamura to. would be great. It's like there's there's so many that it'll just be so. I think that's what's great about it. It's like whatever he does, it's going to be good. And I think the problem the problem that people are going to have is that. You know, people are going to have this idea of, oh, wouldn't that be great? But it's that thing of, well, he's an asset mm. to a very big company. So they have to think of him as an asset. So if that means that they're, they're going to put him in a program with big casts to bring big casts up to a level, then that's what they're going to do. He's still he's still a WWE employee. And, and as much as we'd love to see, oh, that indie dream match that happened to Shigara x amount of years ago it's you've got to be realistic with it as well but i agree with chris like him and the miz would be they'd be fantastic because he's been coming for so long um but it's i think i think it's just wonderful to have someone back that cares so much about wrestling and and it was just such a it felt so important for him to do and i think that really came through and i think it's wonderful to have someone with that genuine passion to be to be back in it so Whatever he does, I think I'll just be happy. Just that as long as he's happy and he's healthy, then I'm happy. It's gonna be interesting to see where it goes because I, I, I don't think Diana Kibabso. What? Diana Kibabso. Diana Parazzo, but Diana Kibabso. <laughs> no. Sorry. No. no. Fine. Carry on. Sorry, Chris. Thank you. It's all right. I mean, you're trying. No, no. Um, I'm struggling with this one. It's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Um. Uh, I think they're going to struggle in the sense that nothing's going to get close to his WrestleMania 30 moment mm-hmm. unless it does, you know, unless something else happens. Because he's now, he's had that moment. He's He's been there. But what was interesting was just thinking about how he's, him and him and Paige have kind of had opposite lives. Yeah. Mm. So we went like, so WrestleMania 30, you know, 2014 it was kind of the beginning of the end for Daniel Bryan yeah and then but Paige has suddenly become on the mm. on the ascendance and then to have him return and her retire essentially you know to the point where they could swap jobs not literally I mean he wasn't straight into the women's division but it, it's how quickly things can change yeah I mean I, I the best thing about it is, is I genuinely had had set it in my head that I'd never see him wrestle again. Yeah, me too. Me too. Likewise. And he is one of my favourite ever wrestlers. So the fact that I now get to see him wrestle again is the absolute greatest. Oh, well, that's the fact that I, I, I sort of went to SmackDown in New Orleans, not really expecting much of anything other than generally just a fun show. What do I get? AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Cool, that'll do. Uh, which did end because of dick punching. Is that correct? Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cause of end, dick punching. Um, number three in me ten things to talk about is arguably the greatest debut in professional wrestling history featuring Ronda Rousey. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle against uh, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H was 
So, in my head, I was like, this is... I never thought it was going to be bad because Kurt Angle and Triple H are in it. Yeah. Um... I thought I don't know how it's going to go because it's someone making their first ever having their first ever match, mm-hmm. like not even wrestled a dark match somewhere, like first ever match in a stadium with nearly eighty thousand people in at WrestleMania. Oh my God, how's this going to go? And then there were people speculating it could have been the main event and stuff like that. Went on fourth. Um, everybody around me was so invested in that match, <laughs> including me. At one point, I remember grabbing Glenn's knee. Because I was so invested in it. I think it was watching Triple H sell some punches in a corner. Oh, yeah. Where he looked like he was being killed. <laughs> and he may well have been being killed. It was wonderful. It was such a good match. And I think, like, I think it was Meltzer's highest ranked, rated match of, on the show, which he's got, got like four and a half stars, which I think makes Ronda Rousey's have the best I rated mean, debut match in wrestling history. I mean, that's, 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 that's like 10 stars anywhere else yeah. under that, you know. It, it's honestly was, first of all, has there ever been a better debut match? Now, uh, now according to, to Meltzer on this, the highest ranked debut match he'd ever given until that point was June Akiyama's debut match in All Japan, mm-hmm. which I think was against Misawa. Oh, so, right, yeah. But, but this, was ranked, this was a quarter of a star higher. Um, now, again, my expectations were this will be fine it's a little bit of celebrity fun. It'll be entertainment. We've always we've had the yeah. entertainment. It's like it's like Miz and and Maurice versus yeah, Cena that, and Nikki last year. No, what we got was it was genuinely badass. Yeah, and um, Ronda Rousey uh, has managed to transition the how how good box office she was in UFC into her position in WWE. How the future will hold time will tell. I mean, she's I think she's doing the Raw and SmackDown, uh, the, uh, the Raw show. Uh, at the O2 in a, in a couple of weeks as she's coming to the UK she's clearly on the road and taking this seriously and doing it full time but can we think of any debut match that is comparable to that and it needs to be someone's first ever match not a debut in a company so first ever wrestling match I don't think anything comes close uh, Yon Akiyama versus <laughs> <laughs> no, um... I mean were you there to uh, see a young man called Delirium at one point. Oh my <laughs> goodness me, no. Was this him? Yes. Oh fuck. Why were you called Delirium? Oh, wow. And were you a big fan of Delirious? Well, to be fair, things could only get better. We were at that a big, point. we were a big fan of Special K. That's so we had stupid names. <laughs> both, um, both the cereal, the drug, and the and the staple. <laughs> yeah, mainly, mainly, mainly the cereal though, because we, we did wear red. Yeah, um, is there gluten in that? I was 16 at the time. And now it all makes sense. To me. Now it all makes sense. Um, honestly, I can't think of... The, I mean, for for like impact, maybe The Undertaker, but I'm guessing The Undertaker again. It's like, well, no, he's, he's wrestling with WCW and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> Tweet us, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday right. Night Jaw. Better, de- and it has to be their actual... It can't be their debut in a company... It's their debut. What their I would first say, ever match. I tell you what surprised me in a similar fashion was Shane McMahon in his first match, which was against X Pac at WrestleMania. But do you reckon? And, and someone will know this. Do you reckon he'd had a dark match here and there, or a wrestling no, house show? No, that I was guarantee you wouldn't, because you don't with certain people. You don't do that with no. them. You don't put them out there. You don't 
Well, there's no point doing it wrong, though. If she'd been yeah, you don't just a... No slight anyone else, but if she'd been just a wrestler, she would have been given dark matches. Oh, she would have done an NXT but you don't, you coconut don't, show. Yeah, you don't, you don't send Ronda Rousey to Largo, you know, yeah. to, to, to have a match out there. And I can't think of a better one. And the fact that we're clutching at straws to think of good ones... I mean, Snooky did okay. In um... there was uh, uh, there's a rugby player called Jamal Ford Robinson, uh, who plays, I think, for Bristol in the Premiership now. Um, he used to be a trainee at the Projo. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Crisis, and his first ever match, he murdered two much smaller trainees. Now he was um, he was playing professional rugby at the time, but he was a second division player, so it wasn't full time. He's now full. The reason he quit wrestling was to go back to full-time rugby um and he's in england under 21 international uh and he's a he's a big he's a good friend of mine he's a big dude and he um his debut match where he just killed two dudes mark hendry and someone else he killed he just murdered them mm-hmm. uh and he looked brilliant and we looked at him and went i think we found our equivalent of goldberg <laughs> and then two weeks later we're like sorry lads i gotta go play rugby so that that's the only one i can think of with my own because that was genuinely his first ever match um, and he was great. That was on a very old Endeavour show before I think we even filmed them. That was, um, but you, you, you talked about the investment in it, the fact that the, that everyone was itching for that first tag mm. to Ronda, and as soon as she hit the ring and she just grabbed Stephanie and just hoofed her into the ring, yeah. oh, no, there wasn't anyone in there viewing with ironic detachment. Oh, no. Unless they had serious emotional problems. No. Um, good. Into our last two. Um, point number two. Titus O'Neil falls on his face. Um, now, <laughs> first of all, belated happy returns to Titus O'Neil, who by all accounts seems to be one of the nicest and most beloved men in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? If you're going to fall on your face like that, have a sense of humour about it, which he clearly does, and we salute that. In no way are we mocking Titus O'Neil, who seems to be a good dude. But fuck me, I have never laughed at something more <laughs> in professional wrestling no. than that. I laugh more at that than the Shockmaster. It mm-hmm. is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I watched a gif of that on loop for an hour. Yep. <laughs> right? I showed my wife the gif of this. She watched it for an hour. The bit she enjoyed the most is on one of the gifs. It looks like you can just see him trying to scramble and get back out yeah, of yeah. We then, we'd not, uh, I've been working on the night of the, of the Greatest Royal Rumble, so I didn't actually see it live. And so on Saturday morning, we sat and watched just the Battle Royal part of it. Partly because our son likes to count down from 10 to eh, which is fun. Um, and also, everyone loves a Royal Rumble. It's brilliant. Who's mm. coming in next? It's a sumo wrestler that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> he jiggled <laughs> so Wiki- much. Doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Not a fucking clue of that. But I, know, I know the had... guys from NXT. So I know mm. Baba Sunday, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. I've met him. Like He's a nice dude. But but like they, no concept of who that you dude know what? was. It's the first Royal Rumble with legitimate creator wrestlers in it. Yeah, it was Someone in the back was going... Uh, uh, which bits have we got left? Go. He was, uh, he was one of the guys um, who didn't have a name from uh, WCW NWO Revenge. <laughs> like, the, one of the New Japan guys that they weren't allowed to name yeah. on it, who just had weird gimmicks. So, like, I love a rumble anyway, right? This rumble, great. It was great that, that people got to be in it who, who you weren't necessarily expecting to see. Um, but, 
on commentary, if you've not, if you've only seen <laughs> a gif of it, he comes out about number forty-two, I think. Go on the network and just watch. Yeah. <sighs> now, so I have an interesting question. I'm going to ask you guys this in a minute, right? So obviously they've they've owned it and they've shown it on replay, mm. but the fact that you can hear the commentary team lose their fucking mind yeah. is the thing that makes it yeah. even better because Michael Cole who is one of the most professional human yeah. beings on the planet and a lovely chap but takes his job really seriously he's been yeah. doing it a long time the fact that you can hear him crying with laughter yeah. is um, Corey Graves just immediately going that's the best thing I've ever seen and then someone who one would presume is Vince yeah. making the decision to repeatedly show yeah. the replay of it is brilliant um, do we think if that had been John Cena would they have shown the replay I, re- I, I reckon so yeah yeah, yeah I do still maybe funny. maybe not as much but they definitely would have because on Raw on the Raw Smackdown yeah, yeah. Raw wasn't it this week yeah. they, they had a laugh about it yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to bodyguard Roy Johnson who fell on his ass trying to enter a, a Raw Rumble the other day as well it's um, all happened to us it's all, it, all. It's, I think it was I think Zach was it Zach Gibson that tripped over his own flag at an all-star show? <laughs> and yeah, it, it fell off the stage. I'm sure it was Gibson. Um, Elijah, who, who who wrestles for Attack Pro, is is another person that likes to fall off stages and fall down a lot. I've come, I've come perilously close to getting my foot caught in the apron and wiping out on the way out of the ring at the start of a show. It, it's Also, when you watch it back, there's ring supports... That are attached to the, the floor. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not die. There was one ring support because initially I thought to myself, for whatever reason, that because I know the future shot ring has a metal pole mm. in the middle of it, and I just assumed that WWE using NASA technology, whatever they do, don't need that one. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I watched it back again, I went, He, if he had been a foot the other way, he would have knocked himself, yeah, knocked spark himself out. Yeah. And someone made a very valid point. I think a lot of people did. What if they'd had the big sort of LED screen on that side? Oh God, that would have been that would have been Final Destination stuff. Well, it did. It didn't. So we can laugh at it in the Absolutely. same way that you've been framed. If we could laugh at old people and children falling over, because yeah. that's honestly and 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 someone's gonna hold this against me in like in ten years time. And one of my favourite subreddits is children falling over. It's one of the funniest <laughs> things in the world ever. I was laughing my tits off the other day at a small child in America who had, you know, one of them stands with a baseball, yeah. swings to hit the baseball, misses it, hits himself in the back of the head, well, while wearing a helmet, don't worry, uh, and, and basically falls to the ground. I was laughing my head out yeah. at that for about an hour. As, as, a, as a father, I think Jim, you know, doesn't find that as funny. Well, it's like the, the Simpsons thing, isn't it? The... Uh... <laughs> Baby with a nail gun. <laughs> breaking hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dog on fire. <laughs> baby, baby with a nail gun. Ah. Um. <laughs> see, the worst, the worst thing about the Titanic fall is because I must admit my my attention was elsewhere. Possibly my phone. Possibly a bag of pretzels. I can't exactly remember, but I did look up at everyone else pissing themselves and go, "Oh shit! I hope I get a chance to see that again." Yeah. It was wonderful. Oh, so every you, conceivable you, angle. You were in the room. You saw how badly I was gone. Oh, we were all. I yeah. mean, it was just... I think I think you made a good point, though. It's the commentary. The fact that yeah. they absolutely full-on corpsed. Like, like, not just a casual ha-ha-ha. <laughs> like, an actual crying of laughter. Me, me and the wife. She's honestly... If Every now and again, I'm just getting my, the gifts on my phone. Because it just pops... Mm. So many people have retweeted it. I'll just go to it and just go... 
It's just uh, laugh. Uh, it's the it's the best. And you know what, Titus, who is by again, we've said this by all accounts, is one of the nicest people mm. in professional wrestling. Good on you for finding so much humour in it mm. and having such a. I hope. This is the beginning of a big push for Titus O'Neil now. <laughs> you know what? I like, genuinely hope it is. At the very least, it'll buy him a car. You know, it's well, it's one of those ones where if they've already got shirts out, they know what they're doing. I remember with the Shopmaster thing when they they made him into a bumbling idiot, like because the, the Shopmaster was meant to be his big thing, and everyone just went no. Um, and they made him into a bumbling idiot, which made it at least comic relief. They don't want they don't need to do that with Titus, but. Let's just play off of it. Let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone, it's the thing. There's a un, it's really easy to find sympathy for someone who's fallen on their ass because every one of us has fallen on our ass and felt stupid. Mm-hmm. So now he's one of the most sympathetic characters in WWE <laughs> because every single one of us knows he's a nice bloke and every one of us has fallen on our ass. So we all look at him now and go, do you know what? I'll put, uh, he should beat Lesnar for the Universal <laughs> title. I'm telling you now. Accidentally trips over. <laughs> <laughs> On a slip and slide. Yeah. Um, right, number one on my list of things I want to talk about. I tweeted about this. Um, when I went to TakeOver, I genuinely feel I went to one of the best wrestling shows I will ever go to. And I also think I saw one of the best wrestling matches I will ever see. Certainly, it is definitely the best wrestling match I have ever seen live. Um, and that is Tommaso Ciampa against Johnny Gargano. Um, it is the uh, Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA for this generation. It is a work of art. Uh, it doesn't matter that it's about 45 minutes long. Um, it is absolutely wonderful. If your sensibility in wrestling is you want to watch people being dropped on the head all the time, then it's maybe not for you. If you want almost a 1980s NWA sensibility of how important moves are and the storytelling, it is a work of absolute art by two of my favourite wrestlers on the planet, two of my favourite people on the planet as well. So it's wonderful. Um, it will, I'll tell you right now, nothing this year, when we do the end of year or um, Tuesday Night Jaw Awards, nothing is going to beat it for my match of the year unless, unless something absolutely phenomenal happens. Nothing will beat it. It has everything that I want. It tells an amazing story. It's got great wrestling in it. It's absolutely wonderful. If anyone thinks this is less than a five-star match, they are wrong. Um, it's the best. Discuss. Well, I've said everything. I, I think. I think the big thing for me, like on a, on a personal level, is um, I was so wrong about both of them because a few years ago, I just I looked at both of them and just went. Don't get it. Mm. I was like, they're just not for me. Maybe, maybe a little less so with with Champa because obviously he spent a little bit of time in progress, and I saw him a little bit more often close and personal. But I remember mm. when they when they first came in to NXT, I was like, all right, okay, I guess. Um, and I was so happy to be wrong about when they became tag team champ. Well, not tag team champs, became a tag team and had them tag team matches. And I think for me sitting watching that match I've never well actually no I, I'm always delighted when I'm wrong because it's one of my favourite things in the world ever to go no I was but it was it was phenomenal it was it was just brilliant and it did everything and gave you everything that that you could hope and desire for uh, I think it was fantastic um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't really, I, I, I don't think I have anything more to add other than, other than Ronaldo going full, like turbo charge, Ronaldo <laughs> mental. He was, he was sat near us. Him and his brother were sat near us at WrestleMania. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, he, he's a good dude. Um, that documentary about him looks amazing. Oh, it looks phenomenal. I'm, I'm so excited about it. Like, cause... I've still not seen the Andre the Giant one. No, I haven't. There's yet. no real way to watch it in this country. No. And when it was on in America, I was busy and I couldn't see it. It was on HBO. Yeah. And I had HBO in my hotel, but I was out look, and I couldn't see look, it. Look, if, if by some by some weird force of nature or someone listening to this, we have got the Burning Hammer Film Festival coming up. And if you have got anything to do with that Ronello, like documentary, holler at Dale, because I would absolutely love to see it there. And mainly purely based on the fact that I'm being selfish and want to be able to sit down with Ronello and, and tell him how amazing he is. So, um, But yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it just felt like a proper main event, like... It made sense. No, get out. No, sorry, no, sorry. Have, I, have I gone too far now? You've gone too far. It, what, 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 sort of investing in time and, and making everything make sense and just one thing leading to another and genuine emotion and making bad things work for you. I think that's the thing I'm taking away from it because Champa was hurt. Yeah. And would it have been, here's a question for you, would it have been as good if it had gone down the route where it probably would have gone down where they maybe had the match a couple of months later last year? Oh, no. I mean, the way they built it has been amazing. And, yeah. and there's... Um, there's, there's something powerful in using someone who cannot wrestle to build an angle. I'm, my company's doing it at the minute with, with Eddie Dennis. And and there's there's something very powerful about, about using it. And the fact that he vanished and then came back. The fact that when he came back, he didn't look like the same Tommaso Champion as in a tag team. He looked like, and this is, a, this is the, the, the phrase I used to describe when I was in the States. He looked like a Vietnam veteran. <laughs> because he was wearing camouflage, he was on a crutch, like a, a massive beard and everything. Like he looked like he was haunted by his experience, mm-hmm. and the the level of character work that's gone into building him. Because Johnny's Johnny, Johnny's just he's a wrestler who's dead good at wrestling, and he's happy, and he's got a lovely wife, and it's great. And then you've got bitter, twisted Tommaso who feels left behind. That storytelling in its own is, is brilliant. The bit near the end where we could use his crutch on him, mm. and he doesn't. And, and I, so cover it. I, oh, it's so good! I genuinely thought a little part of me thought, are they just gonna make up? Yeah, because that would have been just put his arm around him. Just, I thought that as well. I was like, they're gonna, they're gonna. That make would up. have been. Could they? Would they? You know, it would have been. <laughs> part of me want, would have loved that to happen, just to see what what would have happened in the stadium yeah. at that point. What would have what would have gone on in the arena? But just. I, I love the fact that sometimes, especially any kind of creative process, yeah. the urge to be as in control as possible of everything mm. is, it can be stifling. It yeah. can, you, you know, you think you're pushing things in the right direction, but sometimes relinquishing control, just accepting that shit will happen that you have no control over mm. and making the best of it will often lead you to places that you never thought of for yourself yeah I think so, so my brain's sort of been going uh, while, while we've been having this discussion I think this match is proof that 
this generation has been treated in a manner of it's either been treated with acceptance or dismissal in the sense of oh you're you're ruining the thing that we loved and you don't treat it in the same way and I miss the 80s and I miss this and I miss that and blah 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 this match is proof that if you give two people a platform they will absolutely show you what they can do because Johnny Gagano and and Tommaso Ciampa before they were in NXT were the biggest indie wrestlers in the world ever and they still do moves that you know old schoolers are going oh why is he not doing a hip toss or whatever they are but they they used such a beautiful modern method to tell an age old story and it made us all go oh that's amazing now the problem is, it's like, well, did they ever have the opportunity when they were working for Evolve or Shikara or these other companies? Probably not, but it's about saying to this, that I, I get so bored and tired of everyone going, oh, it's not like it used to be, or not like it used to be. And I say to that, fucking good. Because do you know what? There was a period of time where wrestling was dog shit and, mm. and it was thought of as lowbrow and treated with with just general disdain and now look where we are we've just had one of the biggest weekends in in this whole sports history and one of the best matches was the main event of a show headlined by two of the most obscure indie wrestlers of 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 you know recent years and i think that's to be applauded and i think that needs to be encouraged and continued you know look at the main roster like everyone's wrestling like an indie wrestler because they're all bloody indie wrestlers finn Balor versus seth rollins on, on raw last night was yeah. amazing but it's because they've given them the creative freedom and they've accepted that there is a new generation coming and you have to you have to embrace it and if you don't want to embrace it that's absolutely fine but don't stand in the way of progress you're welcome. Look at that. Love it when he gets all passionate and ranty, isn't it? Yeah, man. I'm kind of tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what we're saying is, it's a great match. Also, um, can I just take a moment to wish a very happy birthday uh, to Dave Taylor? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is Big Dave's It is Dave birthday. Taylor's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dave. I'd love to have Dave Taylor as a Tuesday night dual meets guest. And as a tribute to oh. him, I will say only, Ooh, Betty. Ooh, Betty. Um... Anyway, that's that's our little mini rant. We've come in under two hours. I'm delighted. Yes, and the first twenty minutes was just us talking bollocks. Yeah, that's the I mean, thing. I mean, the rest of it was us talking bollocks. Um, thanks, lads. Um, once again, May thirteenth, uh, Stockport Town Hall, Future Shocks, big show, uh, which is not this weekend. The weekend after this weekend, Super Strong Style sixteen, which I'll be at. Matthew will be at. Um, Christopher won't because uh, you know, gotta make a living. Where you work, what you do gigs this weekend? I've got. It's um, a good question. Where am I? I'm in uh, Didsbury. Nice Friday. Class. Walking distance. Yeah. Walking distance. I mean, I won't. I'll still drive. Yeah. Because fuck the planet. Someone has to balance all the vegans in Didsbury. Um, and uh, on Saturday, I'm in Leeds. Nice. In a cellar. Less nice. Um, uh, I have a gig follow me at the Brooker Man and I will take photos of the other people and tell you how funny they are uh, I'm gigging in Sheffield on Friday night and then I've got Super Strong Style the weekend it's the lovely so, last laugh at City Hall isn't it it is and then next week uh, I've been I've been summoned to my publisher I think they're already fed up with me and they're probably cancelling the book um, it's probably not it probably got to do PR stuff but you know um, uh, Matthew where are you on socials uh, M Richards host on, the, on Twitter 
Apparently Instagram's more important than Twitter now, which is nah. ridiculous because I've got way more Twitter followers than Instagram nah. followers. Are they, they going to do a big promotional cardboard cutout of you holding the book? Um, I sincerely hope so. Oh God, for I vandalism do. purposes. Yeah. Can I have it? I mean, I'm going to if I if I have one, I'm going to secretly sneak into Matthew's room one night and fill it with like two hundred of them. <laughs> When he stands up, he has to. It's a bit like Takeshi's cat. Well, well, jokes on you, Jim. While I wank myself to sleep, <laughs> like you do now. <laughs> this is yeah, but I won't be crying this time. So, <laughs> so if anything, I make your life better. Stop making it <laughs> more positive. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Back next week, more more stuff. I don't know. I'll probably interview someone over Super Strong Style Weekend. That's probably what I'll do. Um, thank you Christopher thank you Matthew uh, thanks for waiting for the podcast because I'm sorry I didn't have one last week I was on a plane um, but we'll see you next week alright thanks bye Hi, mainstream. ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.